Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris. I'm glad you're with me today. And the world is collapsing everywhere around us. Facebook ads is a broken mess, but Taylor and I are here today. Taylor is on the show to help talk about how in the world we are possibly analyzing and reporting on Facebook ads data right now. We are going to in real time tell you what we are doing right now for our brands as well as how we're trying to fix it for Taylor's clients. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through it right now. There's no 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 need to draw it out. We'll just jump right in. All right, hi Taylor. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, Andrew. Um, given the state of the world as you described it, I think I'm doing all right. I mean, everything I see right now in conversation around Facebook ads, anything is just like uh, I I have no idea what's happening in my ad account slash my ad account is performing terribly. It's some combo note. It's either people don't know or it's going awful. Um, and, and then, uh, and, and then people are also just kind of like, like the main, one of the main things I see is sort of like, I think hopefully Facebook will fix it soon. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's sort of like people's reaction. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, but I don't, I, I see what we see on our side and I see, um, like Twitter, but what, I mean, you see actual clients, like, is that about right? Yeah. It is, it is about right. You know, there's this weird problem, okay, which is that Facebook Ross is the primary thing that's like down, right? Like reportedly down across our accounts. It's one day and seven day click is basically down using 426 as the sort of before and after date, about 30% on a reported Facebook dashboard basis, okay? So the problem for us is that as an agency, there's nobody that you distrust more using phrases like, I swear the ROAS isn't as bad as it looks. You're actually generating money than your agency partner telling you that. So we have this hurdle to overcome around education, which is just genuine distrust for that as a premise from us entirely. I, I was going to say, like, I'm so glad I don't work on the agency side anymore. But then I realized, like, I actually, I mean, the problems are bad for me, too. So every it's, yeah. it's hard for everybody. But it is true. I mean, if people like, what's going to, I mean, what you're saying is true. So if people like actually pull their spend from you or something like that, what they're going to find is like, oh, the it didn't fix it, you know? Well, you know, it's funny because it's like, it's a spectrum of belief, right? Like that we are dealing with, which is some people inherently believe like numbers and data and they understand what Google last click means and they understand what Facebook attribution is and what the limitation of iOS is. And then there's people that just don't, that just are just screaming, my Facebook ad account is degrading. What are you doing about it? Right? Like, and it's just like, they can't, that's like a a mental wall that just doesn't move. Right. And so there's this like tension in that of people at all various stages. And the solution is varying levels of education versus action versus information. Like that you have to try and piece together, which sort of brings us to this question that we're going to talk about today, which is this idea of like, what is the Facebook iOS impact report that would give you the best view of what's really happening? Right. And that's the key. Cause like one thing I've noticed in my accounts, like CPMs have not really changed meaningfully. Mm-hmm. And, and I've done all of the contextual work there to figure out like, you know, is my CPM the same, but my distribution is different or something like that? No, like the same people are costing me the same amount of money to reach. CPCs haven't had meaningful impact for me. So the clicks seem to be um, pretty much the same as like they were before. 
But yep. I don't. So so then there's this question of like, okay, well, if that's the case, then how do I figure out if they are like just as good of clicks as they were before? That's okay. And, yes. And so that is a real challenge. So um, so you're kind of trying to sort through this mess of information, going like, wait a minute, everything is different, but is everything actually the same? Is nothing different? And and I'm I'm like I'm like really working through that. One of my like theories coming into the iOS catastrophe that um, we all saw happening um, was just that like essentially it didn't matter that much uh, in terms of Facebook's ability to target people because the historic data set is so rich that. Facebook would basically know who converters are and who they aren't. And over time would be able to, and there's probably enough other like demographic and other information about people that like ad serving would still basic, basically work. And I thought maybe it'd degrade a little bit, but like, I didn't really, I didn't think it would be a massive problem or anything like that. And what I'm kind of wondering is if that's true, but if it, if at this stage right now, the big problem is a reporting problem. Um, and, yeah. and that is the actual thing to where, and like having been on a million client calls in the past, trying to explain attribution models and stuff, it's just some people, they just have a mental block there where it's just not intuitive to them. And I've watched this happen. I mean, this is like, it's like, you know, you talk to people who are good at math naturally and good at science naturally and good at English naturally and all that kind of stuff. And they have to really struggle to work through other ideas. And it's not because one is harder or easier than the other. It's just because we're wired different and some of that. So now you're in this situation as an agency trying to educate people for whom some of whom are like, oh yeah, I get it. Attribution models, no problem. And then other people where they're like, uh, what? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so <clears throat> there's, and then you layer with that, that the alternative information that we want to bring to bear. So Namely, one of the things that we did this sort of analysis of is last click GA conversion rate on your Facebook traffic versus Facebook reported conversion rate on your Facebook traffic. Okay, Because the primary problem of iOS is conversions are happening that Facebook is not getting visibility to and able to report on. That's like in the simplest form, an off app action is not being mapped back to an in-app action. That's what the iOS prevents, right? So what happens is when you go look at Facebook ad accounts, the thing that tanks is conversion rate. It's that's what disappears. So, but when we go look at last click Google GA conversion rate, so this is the report that I have. Conversion rate on Facebook down 34%, last click G Google GA conversion rate up 0.6%. So basically flat. So to your point of the quality of traffic, I have no indication that the quality of traffic is any worse at all on a last click GA conversion rate basis. But the problem is if you don't have your UTM parameters, don't have the ability to look at that in Google and your Facebook ad data is in the other category alongside a bunch of other stuff and it's convoluted, like you can't actually get that information to then action off of. And, and so, so let me just jump in for my perspective on this and then why don't you help me fix it more and help people fix it more. So um, I, Bamboo Earth, we had had this giant decline in customer acquisition. Um, in our ad account. And we've been struggling with it for a while off and on in different ways and, and kind of efforting it. But then it really got worse in the last couple of weeks. And so my initial initial reaction to that because the timing was like, man, this iOS thing, especially with the four, was it 14.6 update pushed and seemed to push it all to a new level and the visibility got even worse. Like um, that, like I, I, my initial reaction was like, oh my gosh, like I, like, I don't know what we're going to do here. But as I slacked you a day or two ago, Hey, I think we fixed it. I think we fixed Bamboo Earth's ad account. And you said to me, how did you fix it? And I said, the same way you always fix Facebook ad accounts, which is creative. And it was just like a funny, it was like, it's just back to basics in this like really, really clear way, which is like, oh, but here's the thing. Like, listen, I've been doing this long enough to where like, 
that wouldn't have been shocking to me to have to use creative to fix a problem. But what was the reason that that was so challenging actually was not really because that was the solution, but because I, it took me a lot of work to get visibility to where the problem was. So the, so, um, much more than it would have in the past. So I was going and building these like monthly reports where I compared basically three things going back to like 2019 for my brands. Um, one of them, and we're actually still building these out to some degree. So I was kind of getting three metrics that were key. And then I was getting the same thing at the daily level. One of them was, uh, Facebook ROAS. Uh, spend revenue ROAS. And then another one was GA revenue. And then I created my own GA ROAS metric, basically Google Analytics, um, knowing that it does not tell you the whole story, but it tells you part of the story. And it tells you that story, part of the story really definitively because of how attribution works. We do not have time in this podcast to explain the details of that, but there is plenty of information about there uh, out there to go do some Googling and check out Google Analytics attribution information. Um, but so I then could look and see the comparison historically between my Facebook revenue um, and my Google Analytics revenue. And that way I could use Google Analytics as a directional signal moving forward now of like which ads seem to be working versus which ones were not. And then the other thing I added in there was new customer revenue according to Shopify, because all I really care about is new customer revenue for Facebook ads. Like it's a customer acquisition channel for me. Um, so that what that allows me to do is kind of build a control on my on my theories here about the connection between GA and Facebook. Because if I have this theory that like GA gives me directional information that I need, and then I go ramp my Facebook spend because, oh, actually it's doing better than I thought, or this campaign's doing better or worse or whatever. I kind of use that insight, change my spend accordingly, make the adjustments, but it doesn't show up in new customer revenue. If my new customer revenue doesn't change and something is broken, right? Because, um, because ultimately the, the point here is that my Facebook dollars need to create revenue for my brand from new customers. So if there's a break there, no matter what theory I have, it is not working. If like, if, if then, then whatever my theory is about, about attribution is not working. So that's my baseline perspective. And as I did that, I was able to go and look and discover that, um, yeah, that I, um, I had exactly what I need there. Um, which was that the GA information was enough for me at the campaign level because my UTMs were strong to go. And so far, and actually in the last three or four days, I've seen a massive turnaround where, okay, things are starting to work together again because we've got new creative and I think we're now scaling the right campaigns and reducing on the correct campaigns. Okay, so that's, so that's the way I'm thinking about it. So that's the way I'm thinking so, about it is using those three things. So Taylor, tell me what you are thinking. Okay, so, so this is exactly right. So so I'm going to do my best to talk through something I'm looking at just because to show Andrew because he, he and I haven't even looked at this. I'm looking at inside of Statless, a biweekly Can you tell people report. what Statless is? Statless is our data tool, statless.io, that we use um, to analyze ad accounts. It gives you a bunch of cool views into all your data sources in one place. Okay, it's also the it's also the strongest, most complete source of customer LTV data I've seen anywhere. It's amazing, yep. and um, it was built by CTC to solve these problems for our brands and their clients. I haven't pumped it up too much on this show. I've, I've referenced it here and there, um, but you should really go check it out, statless.io. Um, and so when Taylor's talking about this dashboard that he's creating, it's in Statless. It's yeah. Really, really cool. So I'm looking at the Facebook, <clears throat> our Facebook report. And this gives me bi-weekly ROAS. And I'm not going to say which brand this is, but just Andrew can look at this. And what this is going back to like April 1st. And these are the ROASs we bought in two-week periods from April till end of June. 3.2, 2.9, 2.6, 2.2, 2.5, 1.1.8. 
And if you look at the like trend line, there is an a a reduction by 60% in ROAS from the end, the last two weeks of May to the first two weeks of June. And this is really the period where I'm seeing this massive drop-off. Like ROAS is cut in half instantly um, in that period of time. And if you see that, okay, so Andrew, you see that, right? You see what I'm talking about, that massive drop-off, okay? Now, if I look I do, at yes. some, some of the ad engagement metrics to think like, okay, did the ads get substantially worse? You can see the CTRs are basically exactly the same. CPMs basically exactly the same. So my CPC is basically exactly the same. Andrew, you had a finger up. Yeah, your CPMs are up a little there. Um, but like, no, the, compare compare this five nineteen six yeah, one week. That's to, correct. Yeah, the most recent right. weeks, it's not. So that, it looks like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But but then I go to conversion rate, and you can see that just <laughs> right. It just like it's just it, gone. these is the conversion rates. Yeah, eight point three percent, nine percent, seven percent, nine percent. 4.5%, 3.86%, okay? So what this is telling me is the same thing I'm seeing everywhere, which this is just that Facebook's reporting all the clicks, they're reporting all the engagement, but they're getting less purchases. So that ROAS number is just nonsense, right? Like it's just that the ads didn't change. We didn't suddenly do something different that would warrant ROAS getting cut by 60%, okay? yeah. So now what we built in this, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, and I mean, the, the, again, the check on this would just be what happened to your actual new customer revenue. And that's what I would okay, go look so, at next, right? So what we built into this report was the ability to toggle all of this data and look at it on a last click basis instantly. So when so I do you that- could see, I, So you could see if GA is showing the same drop or that's not. Right. That's right. So when I change it from Facebook attribution to GA last click attribution, okay? What you start to see is that there is a reduction in ROAS, okay, a little from 0.7 to 0.5. So that's about, about a 20% reduction in ROAS, not a 60% reduction in ROAS, okay? And if I go down now, you'll see that on a last click conversion rate basis, the conversion rate is actually the same. Like that they're actually, the traffic is holding at about one and a half percent is a good mark in the most recent period versus 1.3, 1.5, 1.6, 1.6, 1.9 in their best months. Yeah, but it it does look like actually in this account specifically, what's actually happening is there is a little C CPM CPC increase, which is a directional signal you can look at in the account. And also, yeah, you've got an AOV decrease too. Yes, right. So it just it it, it all it's doing by looking at this data is it's not giving you the answer. It's giving you additional context to surround the issue. Okay. And so one of the things that we're talking about, Andrew, the, the number you like a lot, and I, I do too, is this idea of you're calling it new customer revenue over ad spend, right? Like, so you're creating a, a basically a yeah, we call or, it We're calling it AMER, like lowercase a capital MER. So like acquired yeah. MER, essentially. It's just like saying spend, spend against new customer revenue specifically. That's right. And so we use that number, we call it cost of a new customer. So it's expressed as a CPA, basically the same idea. You could take this number yeah. divided by AOV and get the same thing. But it's this idea of total spend over total new customers acquired equals, you know, your cost of a new customer. And this is, this is a metric that we use that I would say is another data point. So again, one of the things that we're going to have to detach is that Facebook ROAS as a single metric was really helpful to be like the one guiding light of truth. And that's a world that we all functioned in, uh, in some ways, for a long time. Now, there are people that have been contextualizing this. So I'm speaking in generalities a bit. 
But now what we're saying is you need to put together a collective set of information to help you make a better decision about what's working. Yeah. And I think that, the, um, you know, it's interesting, like people have always gone back and forth in this sort of thing. But a lot of times what I see people do is they kind of go like, like, oh, I don't really trust Facebook or like in the past, it was like, I don't really trust view attribution. And like, I only trust Google Analytics or whatever. And they would have kind of these like half built ideas around right. all this stuff. <laughs> and, um, and they wouldn't have a real conclusion about like, okay, here's what I do instead. And to me, I right. look at that and say like, um, this is where you actually now, like that kind of worked because actually like most of us, people would say that sort of thing and then just go off Facebook or us. Um, but like, it's because they didn't have a firm signal, but as that becomes a, a weaker and weaker signal in the short term, I do, by the way, I should say, think that Facebook will solve more of this. Like, it's not like Facebook doesn't see all of this conversation happening on Twitter about this from all the media totally. and everywhere else. Like they, they have all this information too, and nobody in the world has more incentive to fix it. So, um, That's right. so I think that they will, um, they will probably get better at this over time. And we're probably right in the worst spot of this um, down in the valley here. But um, but in the meantime, what we have to do is actually kind of build some signals. And you make, and I, I don't think you will be able to be as precise as you were before. I really don't. That's right, um, that's right. But um, but that's okay. I mean, most most of these decisions are not won and lost on like true precision. They're won and lost um, directional on, accuracy. on yeah. directional accuracy, right? Because yeah. this is the other thing is like, actually people are terrible decision makers with this data in general and maybe giving people totally, a little bit less, totally. <laughs> uh, a little bit less of that information will be helpful. So, okay. So now Taylor, so what are you doing for your clients to like help solve the problem more? Like so, you've got, I know some dashboards that are being built, like tell me more. Yeah. About, so, like, so we started doing by doing this, like this. So this is an example, one of our clients, like we went through and we, we show them these changes. This is the change in your one-day ROAS, your seven-day ROAS. Here's your change in your CPCs, your CPMs, your CTRs, and your GA ROAS. And it's like, does this make sense to you? And it's still like, well, I don't know. I don't really trust this. And so we're trying to now say, okay, I'm going to build in Statless what I'm going to call the iOS impact report. So the question is, what should be on this report? Okay, so me and our team have started building this list and we're building... And we're going to take an example and then we're going to deploy it where everybody can look at this specific set of data. So here's my list, Andrew. I'm going to give you my list of okay. things that I have on the iOS impact report. And I want you to tell me what you think uh, I'm missing. And also like from a data visualization standpoint, what would help you? And listeners, I want you to think about this. If you're struggling with iOS and you're trying to sort it out, what would you want to be able to see to answer it? Okay. Email so here's, podcast here's, podcast of four hundred um, or hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, tag so we us will, publicly. Like, we're going to build this, this report. At Andrew J. Yeah. Paris at Taylor Holiday. Tag us publicly. Ask the questions. We'd love to interact about it. Um, and just so everybody knows how real this is, like Taylor and I were like talking briefly yesterday, and I was like, "Hey, we're supposed to record a podcast tomorrow. Why don't we just do this in real time?" So like, this is actually yeah. the first time we're having this conversation. Yes, and this is this is happening in real time at CTC, and we will deploy this within the next week because. Um, we, we have to, our clients, we need to be able to contextualize this for them in order for them to make better decisions. Cause right now that everybody's action is pullback spend, pullback spend. It looks bad pullback spend. And that's bad for their business and our business. So like, right, like this is a real thing that we have to solve. Okay. So here's what I have. The iOS impact. Top MER over time. Okay. So like here is the trend line of your MER against spend and revenue over time. Right, because at the end of the day, that's still the guiding. That's what matters. How much money? Yep. 
yeah. How much money are you putting in your pocket? And um, that was always the case for anybody with a reasonably complex marketing mix. That they're, that's right. that they're, if you're not just totally leveraged on Facebook, you've got to be able to fly by total revenue over total spend. That's right. And, and at the end of the day, like that's what, for most people, now there are still brands that aren't looking at that, but most of the DTC world now, this is like a pretty common thing that they're taking into consideration in there. So that, but that, that like front and center is going to be helpful. Then I want to show you your Facebook ROAS graph. So here's Facebook ROAS on the same graph. So imagine two lines, Facebook ROAS and last click ROAS. Okay. So here's both of those reported ad spends on one graph that you can see the comparison. And likely one will tank and one will be a little bit flatter to give you some context there. Okay. Does that make yes. sense? Yes. So I love that. So you've got three uh, uh, sort of lines on a line graph. Um, yeah. And imagine you can toggle them all on and off, like one by right. one, or you can put them yep. all three together to see. Yep. Great. Um, and then what I would love to see built into that personally would be the R squared values of the relationship to those. And I would love to see them pre and post iOS. Okay. So just if you're not familiar with it, some people are not going to care about that or they're not going to know, but like R squared, right? The idea of sort of a statistical correlation, essentially how much are these two related? Do these, does one of these seem to be impacting the other one? Because what's probably going to be the case is that historically your Google analytics, the, the values of your Google analytics for OS are going to be changing basically in the same direction um, and and roughly the same percentages as your Facebook ROAS, which will historically, which will so, also generally speaking, be the same as your MER theoretically. That might not be true. So this is the challenge. So we, we did a meaningful analysis of this. Um, and okay. there is a relationship between your one day click Facebook ROAS and your GA last click ROAS. That's the only one where there actually is a meaningful relationship. Okay. And that would make that actually is like fairly intuitive, right? Like it's basically getting closest to the most similar attribution model, which is basically, you know, a, a one day click and a last click are going to be the tightest windows. Okay. But you will not actually find a strong relationship between a 28 day one day and GA last click. They're when actually not pretty, strong. What do you mean? Like doesn't exist. Like less like than zero? 0.1. Oh, wow. Like less Interesting. Than 0.1. That surprises me. And I sent you and Dave that regression analysis that we did on this, but it was specifically on Bamboo Earth. So the relationship, I think, on one day click and uh, GA last click was, I think, like a 0. 0.4. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, I just did this too. It's, that's about that. the range. That's about the range yeah. that I think you'd expect, which is not a perfect yeah. relationship by any means. No, but so that's, that's still why a strong all, signal. It's definitely it saying is. there's, you know, I mean, so one way to think about that is that sort of 40% of the movement of one of these is explained by the other, essentially. That's right. Is, and so that's that's what I would want to even... Yep. Yep. So that's what I would want to even, I'll even make this a note one day click Facebook Ross because the other somebody, ones, there, you, somebody somewhere is a real stats person listening to me explain this and go like, that's not exactly what it says. And that's, you're probably yeah, yeah. right. Cause I'm sophomoric about this, but and still. I'll give you, I'll actually give you that regression analysis because it was done by a statistician that is like, she's super smart. Her, um, right. who helps us on some statless stuff and I'll show you the right. work. It's good work. Um, on the last click on the one day click versus last click. And it's for yes. bamboo. Send me good work about my brands. I would like that. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Um, so that's that's one thing. Okay. The next thing then is this idea of the quality of traffic metrics, and this is something I'll give a, a shout out huh. to our boy David David Herman out there in uh, Manhattan Beach doing his thing. He talks a lot about this as something he's tracking a lot, which is looking at the quality of traffic metrics for Facebook traffic. 
So imagine pre and post 426, being able to see on like a table, okay, your average time on site, bounce rate, last click conversion for your Facebook traffic, pre and post iOS to yeah, see great. if the quality of the traffic is the same or different. With the theory there is that essentially, like if your traffic is getting worse, it will show up because people will spend less time on your site. They'll bounce faster. They'll view less pages per session. They'll convert less. That's right. Like, yeah. and again, is that going to be a perfect indication? No, but we're no. not trying to provide you a one answer. We're trying to build. Yes. So I think that that is like helpful to Cause, see. Because like, really, is, when you think about it, that's helpful. When you think about what an advertisement is and in, in terms of like a Facebook ad, what you're trying to do is engage with a customer meaningfully. Um, that's right. And the most meaningful engagement that you can get to is a purchase. But of course, you recognize that, you know, the vast majority of people who come are not actually going to purchase. So if you're getting right. people who are coming onto your site via your ad and are interested and they're clicking around your website and loading multiple pages and reading information and all of those kinds of things, those are signals that you've gotten the right kind of person to your site, just at least broadly speaking, you know, again, directional. That's right. Those people are engaged and they care about your brand and, and some way or another enough to spend, you know, two minutes on it or whatever. That's right. So I, like, again, it's just a helpful thing to say like, oh, if this traffic seems the same, because, and, and the, the reason you'll know that there's a big difference in quality of traffic, like go look at the stats on your display traffic. Go look if you've ever run native advertising, what that looks like. Go run a Facebook traffic campaign and look at what that traffic looks like on your website in terms of the, the quality of traffic metrics, their time on site, their bounce rate. The bounce rate will be through the roof. Their time on site will be like four seconds. Like you'll see what shitty traffic looks like. <laughs> like it, yes, there right. is a difference. No. Right. Um, okay. So that would be the next thing. Then I would then I would add some on-platform metrics. Like and in, in this case, I would show Facebook CPM, CTR, conversion rate, and AOV. Like are you getting a, and you could do CPC in there if you wanted to too as well, to show like, okay, is there an ad engagement problem? Like, are you actually, because the point I want to make here is that in most cases, we're actually not seeing a CPM or CTR problem or a CPC problem. We're seeing a conversion rate problem. Um, now there are exceptions, of course, there's not everybody's, this is an homogenous problem, but the idea there would be to add a layer there. Is is there a Facebook advertising problem? Because um, one of the things you'd thing. be, one of the things you'd be getting out there, right, would be can Facebook target people as well now that the information right. is weaker? And right. uh, and if if you're not seeing those signals degrade, especially if you combine those with the time on site stuff, then you probably should say, ah, Facebook seems to be putting my ad in front of the right people still. That's not a problem. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and, and this is the one that's like the biggest mental shortcut in this problem game is CPMs are up. Like that is everybody's favorite first mental shortcut is to just attack the thing that they can control the least that gives them a makes them a victim, which is like the ad inventory is more expensive. I can't, it's not my fault. What do I do? Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I looked into that a little bit because one of the theories that I had, I just sort of had the hypothesis. I actually wrote down to this bamboo earth problem as I was digging into this two potential hypotheses as to what was going on. One of them was that Facebook's, um, you know, if you think about the idea of conversion optimized traffic, the, the notion, the, the, the logic is there's a subset of users on Facebook who are most likely to not just click on your ad, but to buy something. Um, and they are the ones who are going to take the conversion action on your site. So, um, and, and I mean, again, if you've ever tried to, to run conversion traffic for anything besides purchase, like, like this used to be a thing that I would hear people say, like, what if you tried to, con what if you tried to make your conversion action um, add to cart or initiate checkout and then like try to convert them later or something like that. What you find is that there are these subsets of, of Facebook users and Instagram users who, 
who will go to a website, add to cart and never buy anything. And that's like, that's just the way they interact with websites. And Facebook finds them and knows who they are because they have that information from all of the data that they're getting. Um, and the algorithm goes and gets that. So one of my theories was, wait a minute, if, this, if Facebook is getting less information from users on websites, then perhaps they're less able to bucket um, uh, 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 Facebook users into the conversion audience. And therefore, what I should actually go pursue is, is um, a click audience because that is information that Facebook still has. And so if I optimize for clicks, maybe more of those people will be converters than they would have been in the past. So I tried yep. it and I went, and? I went o for O for $700 or whatever, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's exactly, it's exactly how every click campaign that I've ever run went. And I turned it off, yeah, exactly. fast, you know, yeah. so then, then I checked a different theory, which was maybe my CPMs have changed because I'm serving to a different audience. And that was exactly right. Um, that like, yeah. not, and this was not an iOS thing. It was a broader thing, uh, that I was saying like, oh, there's change age related, right? Age related. Yeah. And it was, and it was exactly the way you would think, which is that my creative that I was running was Drove the older audience. women and, uh, older women in the creative were reaching older women and they were more expensive than younger women. And it was the most simple creative driven explanation of anything. And look, everything has changed, but nothing has changed. That's right. And, and I think that's really valuable. And the process there of like, you, you, you had messaged me and said like, what do you think about this? And I was like, I think in this environment, any test is a worthy consideration to sort of to, yeah, my, to see. My like, confidence was like 20% on that, by the way, right, that's why I right. shut it off pretty fast and didn't spend tons of money on it because it was like, this is probably wrong, but maybe. And you know, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that we're in that space and we're going to continue to try and find ways. But one of the things that I love that you do in the CPM stuff was like, a lot of times we sort of look at CPMs and the causal, uh, the causal factor that we assign to the increase in value is like an ad inventory is more expensive problems. So one of the things I'm constantly trumpeting in the market is that like, I have that view on a little bit broader level, still not a huge amount of money, but it's like, it's not the case. That's not what's happening. No, but everybody not. loves that narrative. And so instead it's like, what you did was why are your CPMs changing in price? And it was, again, a creative distinction that was drawing you into a more expensive audience than you were in historically. Well, that's not an ad inventory problem. Yeah. Gender, age, placement, and device. Yes. Go sort through those things. They all have massive inputs. And it's because they all, because all of those things are different. And this is also part of why I I have always thought, because none of the four things I just named is information that Facebook no longer has. So I've always thought to myself, like the algorithm should basically still work because all that information is still there for Facebook. And, you know, and and that hasn't changed at all. And so if you basically have some purchaser history for most of the users at this point, like I think you, Facebook's going to have an easy time figuring out the value of this traffic still, because those four things affect CPMs massively. um, And none of it is blocked by iOS. That's right. That's right. So, okay. So we've got the on-platform metrics. The last three that I have here are um, one I threw in for you, um, which is last click RPC over time from Facebook. So again, this is just another way to look at like the conversion rate on your Facebook traffic over time, right? Like um, as a factor in this, just another thing to look at. And then um, the next, I have the historical relationship between your one day click and last click. So to give you that corollary value, that R square value, to basically say for your brand in particular, because one of the things I'll tell you is that like, if you look at like your path length report in GA, so your path length report in GA tells you um, how much of your revenue comes on the first visit versus second visit versus third visit. 
the the relationship here, how strong this R squared value is, is going to be dependent on that report in some uh, at some level. Because what that report is telling you is what percentage of first clicks are last clicks, right? And so, uh, or even in a day, if you look at it on a time length basis. What percentage of first clicks equal a purchase within 24 hours? Well, that's going to determine the strength of a Facebook reported one day click metric versus your last click metric. So that th this is like a, a way to consider how valuable this relationship is going to be for your brand. Well, and I think probably what that is telling you is how good you are at um, continuing to engage with a customer after the initial Facebook click, right? So like right. some of that's going to be related to the product itself, right? A, a, a more... Um, a higher price product typically has a longer path to conversion. Um, That's right. Typically, again, all general rules, all these, you know, um, right. you know, uh, and so if it's less of a sort of impulse buy, then you know, then the time the time report's going to go longer, and that would make it so that probably GA and Facebook depart a little bit more. Um, That's in right. Attribution model. Another thing here is probably how good your email program is, your automations are, your SMS flows. That's like, right all of, you know, your social engagement, like all of the things that like are ways in which a customer would follow up with you. If they like, they spend the two minutes on your site and they're interested, but they don't buy, but then maybe they're going to keep checking out your content and keep getting emails and opening that stuff. Probably the better that stuff is, um, the more that, um, you're going to, or the, the lower the relationship is between GA last click and, uh, your Facebook ads, because you're actually engaging with these customers in all of these different ways. That's my and that's guess. actually that what we be, see. That, yeah, that could be wrong, but that's my guess. So the path length report actually, like, to, one of the things that I've seen um, is that the stronger the brand is, like what you're describing, the more robust their marketing, the better their email programs, the longer that path length report actually appears to be. And what right. that means is exactly what you're saying, which is the ability to engage customers in other ways. Um, and this sort of gets to like people who there's a certain gentleman on Twitter who loves to troll the world but but he he talks a lot about this this is why delayed attribution is nonsense it's this idea that like what delayed attribution really is is like re-engagement of your brand through other mediums or mechanisms um and there is some merit to this premise right this idea that like the path length report being extended is less about this idea of a consideration phase or these things as much as it is about how good are you at keeping contact and engagement with the customer through a bunch of different mechanisms uh, over time right yeah yeah um Okay, so historical relationships to show you for your brand how trustworthy is last click as an indication of historical Facebook ROAS, and then um, new customer revenue over ad spend. So this one that you described, which is like this ROAS of uh, new total new customer revenue. Um, some people call this blended CAC, uh, but blended CAC of a new customer uh, over time as well as just another data point. And so, like if we put that report in front of every person, and you were able to sort of look through it. Would that be enough for you to feel like you could then make better decisions or what else would you have to see there to help you? Okay. I, no, I do think it's enough. So I think the other thing that might be really cool to have in here is to um, like have a, a linked out Loom video somewhere on how to set up your UTM parameters. Because, because if you don't have that set up and then how to also segment that traffic like by default or like change your default channel groupies to have a paid social channel in GA, sort of good GA hygiene. Um, like having some training around that in a really basic way, you could do in less than a half an hour. I mean, it would take, it would be really easy. Um, but what I think is that assuming you give people that, I mean, if they don't have good historic GA stuff, you might be wondering like, okay, well, I haven't done that. What do I do? The answer is you start. Like 
you're going to need it and you're only going to need it more in the future. And so there may be some ways to dig into this historically as well, but um, it's, and especially if you know, if you're sort of other traffic bucket really is mostly Facebook, again, you'll be able to get some directional signals out of that. Um, and this is where like, I'm, I'm confident the CTC has been doing this for a while for, for brands in a way that like actually, um, you know, it's, it's really good practice. Um, but here's what I'll say. So assuming that, um, if somebody is given all of the information you just said, which is this combination of on-site stuff, including conversion rate and AOV and time on site, um, mixed with in platform metrics, mixed with the relationships between new customer revenue, GA and Facebook, mixed with hopefully Facebook hammering away at solving this problem to some degree, um, right? Assuming that all of those things happen, if you still are paralyzed in your decision-making, then I think it might be on you to either dig deeper and force yourself to learn a little bit more or um, potentially to work with somebody who will help you do that, that you trust. Um, because I think that like, essentially, here's something I think about all the time. When I, um, I remember when I first read Ogilvy on advertising, um, I don't remember what year Ogilvy on advertising was, uh, was written. Uh, Taylor, could you do some Googling on that while I'm talking? Ogilvy on advertising, find out what year it was written. Okay. Um, famous book about how to create great advertising. Um, like David Ogilvy, one of his big things, and this, and actually this is true of people that he was drawing on before him. Do we have a year? 1983. Okay. 1983. That's great. So, um, and he's drawing on Claude Hopkins and people like that who are way before him. So these like old school madmen advertisers, have had so much less technology to make their decisions about things than we did. And they all say the same thing, which is, man, the only way to, to know if your ads are right is to test it. We all have to get outside of these conversations where, you know, some brand executive is going like, yeah, but I don't like it or whatever. And, and, and you know, I, my position on brand importance has gotten more nuanced over time, but, um, but basically, there's this advice back then about like, make sure you test it, make sure you test it, make sure you test it. The thing is, they didn't have any of this information. I mean, they, like they, David Ogilvy would have killed somebody, I bet, to have the, this information at his fingertips to be able to get such real-time feedback on the effectiveness of his advertising. They were doing this by like cutting up coupons and like segmenting out geographically how effects were happening and like all of these like workaround ways to split test their spend. And so my point is just that like, it might've gotten a little bit harder. And that just means you have, yes, yes, we have to work a little bit harder to do this. But if, if somebody has the information that you just lined up, like if you gave me that satless information and I couldn't get some sense of what was going on with my spend, um, like, I mean, I just think there's an end point here where it's just like, it's on me. And I, it's not, I can't point a finger at somebody else. There's enough information there that I should be able to be good. Now, in all of that, it may be the case that Facebook's targeting actually does degrade. And that's a different problem. That, but so far, I don't think we've seen that. Um, at yeah, least not, I, th not, I think not what you're saying is yeah. exactly right. Is that that's actually the red herring or the canary in the coal mine, whatever the, not red herring, canary in the coal mine for, uh-oh, we're in real trouble if the traffic gets worse. Because then then the channel isn't viable. Now, it, now it's TikTok. Now it's Snapchat. Now it's everything else, right? But- that isn't what I'm seeing yet. So let's hold out hope. And so, so I, I'm going to put together this report. Um, if you want to DM me or Andrew on Twitter and ask for access, 
you could do that. Or you can sign up at statless.io. But I think we're going to build a lead gen magnet to be able to just get this specific report for people through Common Threads blog. Uh, to just get your iOS impact report on the basis of these things that we're discussing That's today, cool. um, just because I, like I had a I had a call, Andrew, on Friday with a brand doing a hundred million a year. Okay, their MER in May was four point eight six. Okay, on about eight and a half million bucks, their MER in June up until the twentieth was about six point three. Okay, so way better. They're smashing. But in their ad level reporting, their ROAS went from about a 1.8 to a 1.3. And so the last two weeks, they've pulled back spend massively. Oh. Okay. And they're getting, it's going to cost them a lot of money. Um, and so like, I look at this and I go, oh, this is a data visibility problem. You don't have the right information and you're not aware of this. And it's literally like their loss is like our 12 month cost. <laughs> you know, like, like that's the level of issue here when you think about helping people to bring this information to bear. And so it's like, yeah, especially this is happening all over the place. That's yeah, right. It's that's happening so all over the place. I, the one thing, the one last thing I'll say is like my little theory about what happens if the traffic degrades is, is that the real thing is that we all take a one big step backwards into 2018 and everything becomes back to being like lookalike audiences and like having to tighten up your targeting a little bit and being a little less algorithmically algorithmically reliant to go back to some best practices there. I think it's like a step between what I said about like going to a click audience or something where it's like, if you like upload a customer list into Facebook and say, go find me more people who look like this, that that might be actually the way to do it. And you kind of go out from there. And I'm going to probably start playing with that this week to see if like that, if there's any sort of um, increase in performance by going back to a little bit of that because maybe, maybe, maybe Facebook's targeting is a little less reliable now. But that's right. a matter of degrees. And that's like a perfectly, I mean, I, we spent a lot of money and built brands doing that for a long time. And it can still, totally. you know, so if that's what it comes, if that's really what it comes down to, to where you just have to give Facebook a little more of a head start because the purchaser information is not as strong, that's fine. You know, no yeah, big deal. Totally. And, you know, I was talking to Patrick and I had a little jam session this morning because um, they're going through it. Yeah. And, you know, what we were talking about is I'm not that, a fan. Like, I'm not a fan of his. Yeah, no, I know. He's, <laughs> he's the worst. But um, we're kidding, by the, the way. Best. We love that. Um, and w- one of the things that we reflected on is that, like, what we're all living in is a little bit of the reality we knew, which is that we had a single point of failure. We were over-indexed on Facebook. And oh, for sure. it's, all for- it's forcing all of us to solve it. But if we solve it, we're all going to be better on the other side. Like because I, of it, I, right? This is so true. I can't tell you how much time I've spent thinking about every other part of my businesses in ways that I know in the short term, there are problems right now. Like I'm sorting through real, real problems, but we will solve those. And in the long term, I'm going to, I promise you my subscription uh, business for Bamboo is about to get a lot better. Like we're working on That's it right. really hard because it has to be. And like, we're doing cool content creation in ways that like, just more fire around it than we've had before because we have to get better. We're thinking more about social. We're thinking more about influencer and affiliate. Like all of these things where uh, wholesale, like we're just going like, wait a minute, let's let's just actually do better on all these things. Because I knew, I always knew that it was a problem, but That's now right. there's like real motivation to change. Yeah. And so, I mean, crisis like this can breed real valuable innovation. Like one of the things I've been fascinated by, so I've been in New York and San Francisco the last couple of weeks on seeing some trips and you go to a restaurant and um, so in the middle of COVID, right? Everybody had to build this outdoor seating um, to survive, right? And so what they functionally did now with their open is they doubled the restaurant capacity at zero additional rent, okay? 
the revenue model for a restaurant is all about how much money you can make per square foot and what that's going totally. to cost. So all of a sudden they doubled their available space at zero additional rent. Now there's all these huge battles at the uh, local uh, um, city council level about whether they're going to be allowed to keep them or not. But now the restaurants are making buku bucks, right? They're killing it because they have way more seats to sell and the restaurants are packed and everybody's there. So it's just sort of this example. Go ahead. I love it. I love yeah. sitting outside on a nice night. I would so it's much awesome. rather do that than sitting out. I live in Southern California, exactly. man. It's a nice every night here. I went down to Manhattan Beach sitting, for a yes. dinner with my wife and like, oh my gosh, we sat outside at a great restaurant there at Manhattan Beach Post, if you know it, delicious. And yep. uh, and like, we had such a good night and I just thought to myself like, I mean, they literally are putting tables outside on a hill that overlooks the beach instead of like, these, these restaurants are four feet from the beach. It, and suddenly there's these risers with tables like that is so much better than sitting in a restaurant. It really is. And it's this odd sort of thing that like in the midst of panic, they actually built a way to make their business in some cases, probably like twice as valuable as it was before. Like, and, and they never would have been allowed to do it before, right? Like it was just this weird sort of glitch in the system that, that then creates this beautiful byproduct. And I think in some ways, like this has a potential to do similar things for a lot of businesses. That's the hope. So, okay. That's a great note to end on. Yeah. That's really nice and positive. Um, and, uh, and, uh, maybe the world is not actually on fire and collapsing. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate the time, Andrew. I'm going to go build this thing and, uh, head us up and we'd love to share it with you. And if you have anything else that you want, let us know. So there you have it. Taylor back on once again, we're going to keep trying to make this as monthly as possible for the two of us to get together, do as much real time thinking as possible as always. Taylor and I are just kind of always in conversation about these sorts of things. Like I've said before. So, um, so uh, just a chance to do it together and, and get you in on it. We'd love, love, love to hear from you again. I especially would love the conversation to be public uh, so that that way it's easier to engage in and other people can benefit from it. So um, Twitter is the number one place for that at Andrew J. Ferris, at Taylor Holiday. Um, and, uh, and we will definitely let people know there um, uh, about um, any of the stuff that becomes available. So as Taylor builds his dashboard, if there's um, if there's some free version of it to get you to buy Statless, uh, which is what it is, we're always honest on the show. Um, uh, the uh, then we um, then we will totally tell you about that. So you can also email me at podcastsofour400.com. As always, I'd love if you'd rate, review, share with a friend, share with somebody else who needs to know how to navigate the world of Facebook ads right now. Um, but that is that for today. Uh, thanks to Taylor for being here, and we will see you next time.